difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. No, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Acre FM radio. And, uh, well, joining me here, we got once again, warming up in the bullpen, of course, is Pam Bam Sorensen with, of course, my uh, co-host, Koska Kashoba. But I'll join me here first on the line. Uh, this meal will be in action once again, June 24th. It'll be, uh, well, a huge Bell Tour 282 all the way on Mohegan's and uh, Mohegan's son. Well, he's hoping to hopefully now, hopefully, get a world title shot at, against uh, Patricky Pitbull. I give you once again, as we're proud of uh, the pride and joy of Oregon, I give you it's uh, Brent Primus. Uh, Brent, I'll start off here with it's you, Alexander Shabili. Uh, at what point are you going, okay, eventually they're going to give me this goddamn title shot? I have beat almost everybody in this damn division. I gotta get a title shot, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh hopefully after this fight, that's what's gonna happen, man. I, I know after that Benson Henderson fight, I heard Scott Coker do an interview saying that I was gonna get the title shot next. And me and my coaches were planning on that. We were actually starting to train for Patricky and, and starting our five five minute rounds uh for that title fight. And then um, you know, I found out that he's fighting Sydney Outlaw, but uh, here we are fighting Shabli in, in uh, just a couple of weeks. You go to Shabli. I mean, the record says, you know, but he's he's pretty damn good, 21 and three. Uh, you look closely, though, it's like, okay, Alfie Davis, nice win. Bobby King, nice win. Nobody really can look and go, okay, he is a killer. Like, how tough is it figuring out how good he is when he really hasn't faced somebody who's elite level? Man, I, I'm not definitely not going to underestimate this guy. You know, I, I, I know he's tough. Um, he fought Bobby King last time in, in his last fight, and I kind of thought that he was playing it safe from what I saw. Um, but I, I know Shabli's no joke, man. I'm going to go out there and fight him like it's a world title because I, I believe in my heart that after I beat him, I will be fighting uh, for the title after that. So, um, like I said, man, Shabli's tough. I'm going to go out there and, and fight him like – He's the toughest guy in the world. What does he bring to the table? Like you say, he's tough. So is it? Is he one of those grapplers? Is he a, more of a, a well-rounded guy? Like when you look at the tape, like what kind of style is he compared to other guys you faced? I think he's good at everything. I think he's well-rounded, but I think his uh, best attribute is his stand-up. I think out of his 21 wins, I think he has like 18 TKOs and knockouts. So I, I know he's definitely you know dangerous on his feet and. And everything, but at the same time, I don't think he's fought anybody like me and anybody like my with my caliber. And uh, so I'm gonna bring it to him, man, and see what he's got. We're gonna go back to this fight in a bit, but take me to the last fight, Benson Henderson. Uh, you've beaten good, you've beaten good fighters. I mean, Michael Chandler was a damn good win. Uh, as you mentioned before, you know, guys like Chris Bungard, pretty good win. Uh, even you know, Derek Anderson, uh, Gary Glaristone Santos. Uh, how much does it change though once you beat somebody like Benson who you can name drop and everybody knows, oh, I know that guy. He's a former UFC champion. That means you're pretty damn good. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, like I said, man, ben, when I was uh, getting ready to fight Benson Henderson, I 
he's somebody that I've watched for years and years and, and paid money watching him on pay-per-view and um, you know, Benson's a well-rounded, you know, one of the best guys in the world. So uh, that was a, definitely a big win for me. And, and I feel like is a, a good win for me. And so people, you know, should uh, hopefully sh- will put me on the, you know, a pedestal a little bit or whatever, but I, I really feel, uh, you know, every fight is different. And, and I think that Shabley has, you know, his own attributes and he's dangerous and, and I I'm, can't take him lightly. And uh, um, I'm going to go out there and like I said, man, fight him like it's a, a world title. And we'll go back to this fight, Bo Hedges, in terms of just how much big, how big was it for you? Not just beating him, but I, we forget it was Bellator 268. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. So, you know, there's more stress going in there because, okay, you're in his backyard. He is, you know, he's, 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 he's incredibly so popular over there. He could run for governor, probably win. <laughs> That's how, you know, beloved he is. So, how tough was that going in there going, okay, close rounds, I might lose it because anything he does, this crowd will go electric. He throws a kick, they'll go nuts. He takes a takedown, they'll start hooting and hollering. I mean, how tough was that knowing that, the you know, the, the error margin is almost slim to none? Yeah, I mean, it's always uh, difficult when you're fighting somebody in their hometown, especially, like you said, Benson Henderson, and, you know, everybody knows who he is, and it, it was a you know, well-rounded, well, everybody knows who he is. So it, it was definitely, uh, you know, a little concerned. I wanted to really finish him and I, I thought I could have a couple of times, but um, I really felt like I won every round and, um, you know, it, it was a big win for me for sure. And uh, it was awesome. Just, it was an honor to be able to step in the cage and fight Benson for sure. But uh, th- like I said, man, this is a new task. And um, I, I definitely think uh, Shabley has, you know, he, he, he's a dangerous guy. He's, he's no joke, so I can't be taking him lightly for sure. Does it help going into this? Last question on, on Henderson. Does it help going into this fight now where it's easier now to get sponsors? It's easier getting, you know, better training partners maybe or even more money or, you know, more, let's say, just attention because, you know, instead of going in there against, against with Shabley with, you know, on the heels, let's say, a Derek Henderson win and Alfie Davis wins. Oh, he just beat Benson Henderson. I mean, is it easier now, like getting more sponsors, more training gear, all this stuff? Because you now can say, "Hey, I just beat Ben Benson Henderson. I'm getting ready for a fight with Alexander Shabley." And people go, "Oh, okay, he's a bigger deal. We should invest more. This is going to be, you know, he's a guy we who is world champion material." Yeah, honestly, I don't really feel like any of that has happened. <laughs> you know, I feel like. Um, my sponsorships, all that stuff's kind of the same. I don't feel like I uh, am getting paid a lot more money just because I beat Benson Henderson. You know, I, I think it was a, definitely a big win and everything like that. But um, I feel like some people should definitely, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I, I feel like nothing has changed. <laughs> you know, after I beat Benson, uh, some people might be like, oh, yeah, he beat Benson Henderson. That's a good win for, for sure. But I don't feel like uh, my money and uh, – my pull has really changed too much, man. So, um, you know, I think after I beat Shabley and then I fight for this title and I, and I get that title again, I think, you know, the money will come and everything will come, but, um, one step at a time. And I feel like kind of everything's the same, man, really. <laughs> How tough is it focusing on, I know you're, you're talking Shabley here. How tough is it sometimes focusing on this when 
as you said, it's it's right there in your grasp again. And you've been chasing this, you know, the lightweight title now ever since you dropped the Chandler. And it's always been, okay, yeah, he's going to give a title. Oh, no, no, well, somebody's moved in here. No, no, well, you know, but, you know, Patricio, you know, he, he's dropping down to 145. He's going to do both. I mean, for you, how much time has it been focusing on this fight when it's like, okay, are they going to pull the wool under my, are they going to pull the rug from under me? Is there going to be another chore? Am I going to have to beat, you know, like a, a dragon in the next round or, you know, pull alligator teeth in the next fight? Like, what the heck? Can I trust him to give me a title shot or is this going to be one of those, oh, we got your nose, silly. No, no title shot for you, but Brent. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I'm, there's nothing I can do about that so out of my control. But like I said, man, like after that Benson Henderson fight, I heard Scott Coker doing an interview saying that Brent premise is going to fight for the title next. And as soon as I flew home from Arizona, I went to California and me and coach Oyama and, and uh, we started working. We thought we were going to fight for the title then. So we were practicing and, and training for Patricky and we were doing five, five minute rounds and we were getting ready for that. And then I just read that, Oh no, Patricky's going to fight Sydney outlaw. And it totally was a shocker to me and my coaches and, it, uh, man, it sucks for sure, you know, and, and and especially that I'm fighting Shabli. I was really wanting at least a top five opponent. I was asking for Usman. I was uh, really want a top five opponent, man. I wasn't wanting to fight Shabli, but they were pushing it. They were pushing it, and uh, here we go, fighting Shabli. And um, in my eyes, I really, really hope and, and think that after this win, I will be getting that title shot. What is going on here? And we mentioned before uh... – one of the things I haven't talked about with you, and it was built was with Bellator 268. As I said, I know you're, fo- you're focusing on Shabli and everything here. How nice is it, you know, these last couple fights where both UFC 263, 268, and now this fight, there's crowds. There's, you know, fans. It's back to normal. No more masks. No more, oh, you know, being... You know, in, you know, quarantined in your room. No, you don't have to worry about you know showing up there. You know, when you can't leave unless you're getting food. Like, I I know that you've never had a problem with it, but is it nice getting back to normal without having to deal with just like the minor irritations? Honestly, it's the same. Like when I was in Arizona, we had to wear masks everywhere. I had to quarantine for 24 hours, so nothing really changed. And then I just got a call saying that. I have to quarantine when I go to Connecticut, not as long. I think it's just only a few hours after quarantine, but we still have to take tests and they do temperature checks every day and, and I have to wear a mask the whole time I'm there. So honestly, it's the same. There's, it's stupid and I'm kind of sick of this COVID crap, but um, it's still there, man. I, I still have to do all that crap. And they told me I have to wear a mask the whole time I'm there. And so, uh, it's nothing's changed, man. I'm, I mean, there's a crowd, which is awesome. I, there's nothing like fighting in front of a crowd. They pump you up and, and they get you going for sure. But um, yeah, I got a call saying, Hey man, you got to take the test and you got to, we got to check your temperature, you know, once or twice a day. And uh, you have to wear a mask the whole time. And so uh, it's honestly the same, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we'll get over this damn COVID crap, but I'm just blessed and lucky that there, there's going to be a crowd there. So um, there's nothing like fighting in front of a crowd, for, that's for sure. Let's do questions. Let you go because I know you're focused on the fight and you're you're getting ready for all this here. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know how it is. Uh, and I know that you and I have talked about this. And you don't want to be a pro wrestler like you don't want to be Colby Covington. You don't want to 
you know, be sort of this. Well, some people say a yeah, jackass, but if you <laughs> let's say you win, you beat Shopley. Do you feel you you need to call up a champ? Do you feel you need to even you know dress down Scott Coker because that's how it seems to get around this world? Whether it's boxing, whether it's MMA, whether it's even pro wrestling, kickboxing. If you talk enough trash, if you become a you know just you know you you move you know you run your mouth, you get rewarded. It's weird. It doesn't make sense, but that's how this sport is. So, if you win, is it? Are you going here? Hey, Scott, either give me the title or release me. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm definitely going to call out Patricky, and I'm gonna de- I'm definitely going to shout out to Scott Coker. And man, I need that title shot. I deserve it. I uh, and I in the same time, you know, I try to be as humble as possible. I come from like a jujitsu background, and and you know, a lot of respect and and uh, in jujitsu and and bowing to your opponents. So I always try to be humble, and uh, I definitely don't want to turn into a Colby Covington or or one of the, any of those guys. But um, uh, you bet you best believe it man i'm gonna be calling out patricky after this fight and uh yelling scott coker man come on let's do this once again it's you alexander shabili it's gonna be bell tour 282 and we as you said he's a pretty damn good striker he's well-rounded he he fights very smart he makes a boring fight at times he's a guy who he wants to make mistakes he likes to push it so that he can either counter shot, he can fight from range, he can do basically he wants to make it so that he can steal around. So for you, how big is it to get him out of that range, get him out of that zone, basically make him attack more, get him to go into your wheelhouse? I mean, how big is it for you not just either getting caught or getting caught into a kickboxing fight? Next thing you know, you're losing just because he's stealing the rounds, whether it's by just landing more strikes or, you know, whatever point system they do, you know, whatever you try to see for their point system. Yeah. I just got to bring the fight to him, man. I can't let him dance around and play his game. And, and uh, I, I got to bring the fight to him. I got to be aggressive, but at the same time, I got to be smart. I don't want to just run into things. And so uh, I'm going to push the pace and I'm going to bring this fight to my, my, uh, my likings and, um, I just got to be aggressive and, and like you said, you know, he does kind of counter fight and he, sometimes he's a little bit boring, but, um, I just got to keep it in my game plan and, and, uh, I really got to be aggressive and, and at the same time be smart, but I'm ready, man. I have a, I've had a great camp. I feel strong. I feel fast. My weight is perfect. Um, my confidence is great. I feel, uh, I feel good, man. I, 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 I don't see any way of me uh, losing unless I just do something stupid, get get uh, distracted or get uh, discouraged. But I feel like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it my fight, and I'm gonna be aggressive, and uh, I'm gonna bring it to him, man. Like I said, I don't think he's fought anybody with my caliber and my skill set, and um, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for war, and I'm gonna bring it to this guy. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, proud to have on the show. He'll be fighting. It's gonna be Bellator. 282 June 24th only my weekend son I give you once again it's uh Brent Primus uh Brent before I let you go where can fans check you out at where is you know a Twitter page Instagram the website and who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up on June 24th yeah man check me out at Brent Primus 155 on Instagram and I have to say thank you to my uh management team at Redeem Sports Agency and all my teams American Top Team Portland Team Oyama 
um, performance martial arts, Hayabusa, Don Lewis Plumbing. Um, man, it's uh, this, the sponsors are still coming, but um, yeah, man, uh, stay tuned and, and definitely watch me June 24th, man. Just two weeks from now, I'm gonna bring it, I'm gonna leave everything in that cage. It's gonna be win or die for me, man. I'm gonna go in there and like I said, man, leave everything in that cage, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win, man. There's nothing to it. That's, that's all there. It's the only thing it's gonna be, man. I'm gonna go out there and fight like my life is on the line. Ryan Freemus, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on a pleasure. And on the show, we come back. We got a lot more going on, including Pam Sorensen, all this and more, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on Anchor FM. Back once again, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on uh, Anchor FM. And now, along with my beautiful co-host, Costa Kosova, we are Hello. welcoming back this lady here is, well, hopefully it's going to happen. Last <laughs> time out, she said it was going to happen. The thought it was going to be real. Then her opponent pulled out. We're not sure. And, well, they're saying, hey, it's going to happen. Cross our fingers. Hope to die, stick a needle in somebody's eye, not hers. I give you once again, uh, maybe a fist. Uh, I don't know. All the way from Minnesota, I give you it's uh, the wrestler striker herself. I give you uh, Bam, Pam Bam Sorensen. So, Pam, this, this fight was supposed to happen all the way back in March. She got injured, it got postponed. Um, is it gonna happen, or are you still worried that she might just go, Well, I got injured again, sorry, I can't do it? And you're like, Oh, great. I went through the training camp for nothing. Um, well, I know she has signed her contract again. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful she's going to show up this time, but you know, if she doesn't show up, hopefully I at least get a replacement this time. <laughs> so what, what exactly transpired for those people just like tuning in that may or may not know? Um, I'm not sure. Sh- like I was actually never given a reason. I was never, it was never confirmed to me at least that it was an injury. Um, I just got a call, you know, a couple of weeks before the fight and they said that cat had to withdraw. And I mean, I did see recently, it looked like maybe her grandma had passed away. So, I mean, maybe it had something to do with that and that I could understand, but then don't tell everybody she's injured. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I just hope she turns out like I've trained for her. This is the, my third camp that I have trained for her. Um, and I hope it, it goes through this time. Well, we second that because we would love to see you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> right? 
I feel like it's always like when you're training for something and you're excited and you look forward to it and then you do you think that also plays a mental role like when you're waiting to find out okay is this, is this happening yeah I mean definitely I mean for me I um I try to stay ready all the time just so even if she did have to pull out for whatever reason I want to still be you know ready for any other short notice opportunity that would come up but at the same time it's like god today sucks like what if I don't do this session because she's probably not going to show up anyways um I I know that's better that's a problem like for some other fighters for me it's not but you know it's kind of always in the back of your mind still well absolutely that would be in the back of my mind I know I would be like oh you know I'm trained so hard for this and you're like oh what if yes and no yes and no yes and no you're like okay well if that doesn't happen I hope someone else can take a place or that something else good pops up and happens but that is that I think it does kind of mess with you mentally and that's always something to kind of you know be mentally prepared for that I think other people might not take that into account yeah well and now they have sour patch peaches and I haven't been able to try them (laughs) (laughs) it's a little more tempting knowing her history (laughs) those are good by the way I'm just gonna put out there because you know they have the sour patch watermelon I love the watermelons but like I just saw I think it was maybe two weeks ago I saw the peaches in the the gas station I was like oh I need those after my fight, immediately after my fight. <laughs> See, there's something to gear up for then. You're like, okay. Yeah. Don't like, coach, I don't want water in between rounds. Put some of those peaches in my mouth. <laughs> like, almost <laughs> like he just grabs a handful and like shoves them in your face. Yeah. You know, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> See, that's a good uh, clip so- right there. <laughs> So get back to the brass tacks of things here. As you said, Kat Tangano, you uh, here's good news for you. You know what she's going to do. She wants to take you down and start working mm-hmm. submission. She's done that with her last couple opponents. Uh, has do you think it helped? It's helped you, but you've had more time. So you're used to like what she wants to do, which is usually bite you know tie you up, trips, throws. Next thing you know, all of a sudden she's working an R bar or. She's in full guard working mount. She's trying to get your back. I mean, does it help having more time to bring in people who can sort of get you ready for that and sort of sharpen up the wrestling defense? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been fortunate. Like, every time I've trained for her, I've had different people coming coming in and helping me get ready. So, like, I've had a a lot of different looks by now. Um, Even though, I mean, like you said, I kind of know what, what to expect and yeah I don't know we, we kind of know what, it, what to expect and I'm ready for whatever <laughs> I think that's good to be ready for whatever comes your way yeah and like I'm not I mean I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt I'm I'm, I'm ready for her ground game <laughs> <laughs> so is there she do I was gonna say, how does she do it? Because as I said, you're blue, you're jiu-jitsu black belt. She's a mm-hmm. black belt. I mean, she's everybody knows what she does. Like, how is it that she's able to do this? I mean, because you you study the game, you know what goes on. You you break down stuff. How is it that somebody like Kat can basically do all of this, even when you have people who are preparing you or training you, and yet 
she still is finding ways to do this against people, you know, take them down, choke them out, or submit them. Um, I will say she's unorthodox. Um, you know, she goes for big throws. Like sometimes she gets them and, they, and it looks really awesome for, you know, for her. And sometimes she doesn't get them. And I mean, I know when she fought, was it Gabby? Whatever, whoever she made her Bellator debut against, she went for like a big throw and pulled the girl right into mount on top of her. So like she does unorthodox things. Sometimes it pay off, pays off big. Sometimes it doesn't. And th- those are the things that I think a lot of people haven't been ready for is she just moves weird. <laughs> <laughs> But it works for. Her. I don't. Is it weird? Works for some people. It does. So it's kind of unexpected movements. Yeah, and even the stand-up, she kind of like looks weird, but it works for her. So, so what would you call that type then? of fighting? What are you saying? I was going to say, is it tough to prepare that then? Because, like Emmanuel Sanchez. She does everything you're told not to do. It's like, don't do this, don't do that. No, you're, you know, don't do, you know, but the forward rolling yeah. to be like yeah. rocking yet. It's good. It just where it works for her. It's like, does that make it tough to prepare? Because she'll do stuff which traditionally you look and go, no, do not do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um that's that's kind of where um like my coach had said you know, maybe when we're sparring, make a point to go with some people who don't know what they're doing because they're going to throw weird stuff that you shouldn't throw. And like, sometimes, you know, as, as a black belt in jujitsu, sometimes the white belts are the hardest roles because you expect them to do certain things, but as a white belt, they don't know what to do. So they're just moving and it, it makes it more challenging because they don't move like they're supposed to. So I've kind of been doing the same thing as like every like sparring session, I try to go with a couple of the new people who throw weird stuff and move weird to kind of prepare for her as best as I can. So how do you think that works in regards to like, I guess you'd call that body mechanics, right? In regards to fighting? Yeah. I don't know. She's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like, I was looking back even at some of her old fights. I'm like, I don't know. It just, it just works for her somehow. But I mean, I would like to say I'm ready for it, but I I mean, we'll see. Is it also the three letter word UFC? I mean, because you, and I know that you, you're maybe not for you, but do other fighters get caught up when it's somebody like, a UFC star, like whether Kat Zingano or Rory McDonald or Cyborg, mm-hmm. where it's like, ooh, they've been in UFC. They've been champions. They've been at the, the pinnacle, the best of the best. And maybe not for everybody, for younger fighters, does that also maybe throw them off? It's like, okay, this is where you can now, you know, make your name at. If you beat anybody else, a lot of people go, eh, eh. Pam Sorensen beats Kat Zingano. It's like, oh, I know that person. Oh, that means you're pretty yeah. damn good. Oh, that means we're gonna invest in you here. Yeah, I know some other fighters. Um, I can't remember the name of the girl that she fought last, but I feel like they they go in expecting to lose, and they're like, "Oh, this is you know, this is Kat Zingano. She fought in the UFC. I'm you know, I'm just gonna go out there and do the best I can." And it's like, no, you have to go in thinking I'm going to win. I don't care who it is. I'm gonna win. Like I'm gonna do what I have to do. Um, 
So that's not that's not really a factor. I mean, I've even thought like when I fought Caitlin Young, like we're friends. And <laughs> I don't care when we're locked in the cage. She's just another person. I think that's how it should be. Yeah. Because that's that's your career. That's your job when you, you have to kind of switch it, you know. I think we talked about that last time when we're talking about flipping the switch and, and changing the mentality because once you're in the ring, you're in the ring. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's some soccer mom they pulled off the street or if it's, you know, uh, somebody who lives down the street who I'm friends with who also fights or a, a big name person like, like you said, Chris Cyborg or Kat Zingano. I don't, I don't care. They're all the same. I think that's a great mentality you have because I think some people might have an issue showing that off. Yeah, and it, that's kind of where I think, um, you know, I've been around for a while, so I'm, I, I think maybe eight, nine years ago, it might have been an issue for me, but now I'm just like, eh, whatever. I just don't care. <laughs> what do you, is there anything that you think mental preparation wise, wherever you feel like you might possibly be thrown off your game, is there something that helps kind of put you back in line? Like in the middle of a fight or yeah oh it's hard because like sometimes like in between rounds like my I have been with my coaches for over over 10 years now so they know me they kind of know how to sometimes I need to be reeled back in <laughs> like um I don't know they just they just know what to say and they'll say like all right I'm not going to give you any advice. We're just going to breathe and we're going to calm the fuck down. <laughs> like, and sometimes that's what I need. Just calm down. And sometimes I need to be told that. And just tuning in once again, we got it's Pam Sorensen here. We got Costco show. We're talking all things. Of course, cats in Ghana. We're talking black belt, white belts. We're talking uh, training here. I know you and I have talked about, it. I know that you're close to your trainers. It, and I guess the question I've always do you ever feel like you want you to travel other places and not for better coaching but just better sparring better you know training better you know working on other people because I know when we spoke with your opponent back in your last fight Arlene Blanco she has said hey look I, I'm a better fighter than when, before when I've been I'm at you know Jackson MMA Winkle John I'm training with you know Michelle Watterson, Holly Holm, the list goes on. It's easier, you know, with bigger gyms to find females who can actually push you, to females who can actually, you know, hang with you. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, is how tough is that for you? Going okay, I want to stay low. I want to stay low to my gym, but I might need to go someplace so that I can, you know, get female fighters who can actually, you know, hang with me in the gym, and I don't just work them. Yeah. Um the thoughts cross my mind and um I go and I, I visit other gyms but it's never um I like being at home <laughs> you know I like I like my coach my coach knows what what I need and we've worked together forever now um actually like my my head coach Chris like we've been together since my very first kickboxing lesson um and just for me, I don't, I don't do well with those environments. Like, I don't think I would thrive at Jackson Wink the way that, like, because Arlene seems to love it there. She seems to do very well there. And 
just for me, it, I think it just doesn't suit my personality to, to do camps that way. So I think I like the way I do it. I, you know, I'll, I'll bring people in and say like, you know, cause we have another Southpaw who's mostly a boxer, but she's also a 10th planet Brown belt. Like cat is. So she moves very similarly on the ground, you know, we're, and I'm able to find people to come in and work with me. Um, and for me, that works best. I'm I'm a grouch when I'm away from home. <laughs> so you like comfort and you know obviously familiarity. Yeah, yeah, and I like being able to just be left alone. It seems like out at Jackson Wink, like she, what I think Arlene had like a, a dorm room. I can't. I just would not do well living like that for six weeks at a time. More power to her because it works for her. I just couldn't do it. See, I think that's good. I think that's another thing too, being self-aware and knowing what works for you. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, adulthood and knowing yourself, obviously as a fighter and knowing like, Hey, you know, I'm willing to try new things in regards to fighting style or training and whatnot, but in regards to these aspects, I just know this is not going to work for me. This is not going to be a an environment that's going to be conducive to my growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great because a lot of people may not know that about themselves or want to speak up for themselves in that regard. Yeah, and afraid to. A lot of people also like to go and you know bounce around gyms and like, oh, I like to go train at like all these big gyms, and it's like, well, how much are you really learning when? you don't have one person who's helped you string everything you've learned together. You're just learning little bits and pieces and not how to kind of involve all of them in your game. Because normally you go to another gym and the first thing they do is, okay, you're going to learn how to do everything our way. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like this is how we jab. This is our combinations that we do. And it's, I don't know. It's just not, not for me. I think I love that. I love that you speak up about that and you speak for yourself and you just tell them what's on your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love visiting other places, but only for a few days. <laughs> I think that's oh, fabulous. Yeah. More people need to speak up for, for what they want. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying no sometimes. So let me ask the big question, man. You beat Cats and Gano on June 24th. You're the number one mm-hmm. contender to cyborg at that point and i get it like you you're very comfortable in your home you want to do all this and will it to you but if you get to that point for the title is there a part of you that decides might you know like for one night all right i'll do the dorm i'll do this i might do that i want that title i want that gold i want that i want to beat you know the champ get the big money and all of a sudden you know make it so that it's a game changer. I'm no longer, you know, more, you know, fighting on 15,000, 15,000. No, I can go to Scott Coke and go, um, back up a drink truck, bring truck baby here. Getting, <laughs> I want to get paid. Um, you know, I would probably be more apt to go and maybe spend a week or two, maybe a week <laughs> somewhere else. But, um, for me to have, a ton of change in a, in a fight camp. It's just, it's just not, not for me. It all, <laughs> like comes, I, down to, again, the, oops, it all comes down to June 24th. Once again, it's you, Cats and Gano. 
as you said, you're you're, you're betting on you're betting big on yourself. It's going to be you're trained now. You've had a lot of partners here. You've had a lot of you know coaches who worked on you here. How big is it for this fight? Just to be mentally, you know, mentally not overwhelmed by everything. Because it's going to come at a point where, you, as you said, she's going to do something funky. She's going to do something crazy or wild. She might charge in. She might hang back. She might pull a guard. Who the hell knows? Only she does. How big is it in this fight to go? Okay, prepare for everything. Don't don't get flustered. Just it's all part of the plan. Yeah, that's huge. And like I said, I mean, I have training partners coming in to train with me that anywhere from a white belt up to a black belt because white belts do the funky shit <laughs> that you're not expecting that like well you're not supposed to do that but in a fight whether you're supposed to do it or not if it works it works so we're definitely ready for everything and i'm mentally preparing for some weird stuff well i think then we're gonna look forward to some weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do some weird stuff. <laughs> I'll throw everyone off. I think that's the fun part. You never know what might surprise you, and that makes for a great fight. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're proud to have on the show. I give you it's uh, Pam Bam Swords. And uh, Pam, before we let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? Um, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at just Pam Bam Sorensen. Um, and then my sponsors are the Cellar Gym, Forge Fitness, Xenu, uh, and Levine Consulting. Yeah. Definitely appreciate them. <laughs> well, we appreciate them too. Pam <laughs> <laughs> Sorensen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on a pleasure of a show when, uh, we come back. Me and Costco got a lot more going on here. Once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on Anchor FM.